0: Welcome
1: to the Wonder Women Tech Show, where we highlight, celebrate, and amplify women in BIPOC voices. We're bringing Wonder Women Tech to the airwaves. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Brunson. Lisa Mae Brunson with the Wonder Women Tech Show. I am thrilled for today's guest because she's someone that has been journeying with Wonder Women Tech since the beginning. We both kind of started around the same time in 2015, and I'm super excited to have her here, talk about what she's up to with her clothing brand, Svaha Inc. She is the CEO and the founder, and we are so excited to have you here, Jaya.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'm so excited to be uh, with you on uh, another new journey. right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about that for you. I know. I'm excited too. Thank
1: you so much for being here. You know, I was looking at um, you know our very first email, Jaya. I was like, okay, when did we start? Because I know it was the beginning. You were doing it. You were launching a Kickstarter for Svaha and you had reached out it was april 7th that's our that's our anniversary okay our metaversary is april 7th 2015 and you had reached out and said you know hey i'm launching this 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 brand uh steam inspired apparel would you like to get involved? And it was just like, I felt like it was a bold move. I was looking at, I remember looking at the photos that you sent of, you know, the clothing that you had and the dresses and the the t-shirts, the children's shirts. And I was like, this is brilliant because I hadn't seen anything like it, you know, where there was this representation of, you know, science and math printed on dresses. Right. So I instantly jumped at the opportunity to connect with you and it's been like an amazing journey. Like we've seen each other, you know, through, I've seen you through, you know, your, your successful Kickstarters. I remember how excited you were. We've journeyed through, you know, you came to our um, first DC conference, you sent us apparel that we could give away scarves and dresses that people absolutely loved And so I just feel really honored and excited that we've maintained such a beautiful relationship and that we're able to really, truly, not just support each other, but cheerlead each other along the way and then show up for each other. Even if time has passed, you know, between um, our connections, we still show up in the most meaningful ways when we reach out to each other.
0: Absolutely. It's, It's just been such a pleasure seeing uh, you know where where you started and where you have reached now and so it's always nice it's always nice to be able to have someone who you know makes you feel that what you are doing is amazing and I feel the same way about what you do
1: so mm-hmm. it's
0: it's a uh, uh, mutual admiration I guess it <laughs> so is. I I absolutely love what you do and I'm so happy to be associated with you in so many different ways that we have been
1: Oh, absolutely! We have Twitter to thank because that's how we've connected with each other, and that's how we still stay connected. You know, so uh, I'm I'm, you know, I was reading about your journey. You know, you were born in India, and you came to the U.S. almost 20 years ago to live the American dream, uh, with nothing but a backpack and all the gumption in the world. So tell us, what was your American dream? you know what did you want to accomplish here in the united states
0: so i was actually working in india before i moved here and i just felt that i want to get a whole different perspective of living you know in a foreign country where i didn't i don't know anyone and i moved to georgia which was not a place i, I had come to the us to visit because my brother lives in california and But from that, to move to Georgia in a small little town, Athens, which is where the University of Georgia is, was quite a change for me. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to study more and I wanted to see how it would be like to work here. And I did that you know I sometimes when I look back I think about it like how did I do that How I didn't know a single person anywhere on the east coast and (laughs) I just moved here in a foreign country and uh, in Georgia I would constantly have people telling me can you please slow down when you talk because we don't understand what you say and I'm trying to teach students because I was here on a teaching assistantship so it it was quite an experience but I just absolutely love the whole experience that I had of being in college and then being in academia and then deciding to join in the industry and being a buyer at Thing geek uh, and that is where I got uh, so much more of an experience of how how it would be to be an entrepreneur and uh, and then I moved on to become an entrepreneur and I realized that the the greatest thing about being in america and being able to do this thing is that if you have an idea that is unique and something that people do really want you can do it it's not difficult to start a business if you really believe in it and if you're ready to work hard at it which is not the case in a lot of other places in the world so this was definitely a dream come true for me what i ended up doing and i just love Every day of my life, because I'm able to do what I really, really enjoy. and I feel like I'm making a difference uh, in lives of so many people in in my own way.
1: Yeah, so you know, I think it's just another facet of your, you know career trajectory. You said you came here on a teaching assistant, which i I didn't know. So you you were you're teaching students. Where did the, you know, fascination and love for apparel come into play?
0: So when I was little, every time I would go to my grandparents' home for my summer vacation, I would sit with my grandmother, who actually used to be a, a teacher who, who taught sewing uh, in, in a college in India. And so I would sit with her and we would sew clothes for my dolls. And she would teach me how to do embroidery. So I I think it's in my blood.
1: Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) I I didn't even ever at that point think about apparel as a career choice. In fact, I started my undergrad program uh, wanting to be an interior designer. And uh, one year into the program, I took some classes in uh, textiles and clothing is what it was called over there Uh, and I started just absolutely loving every minute of doing that and I realized this is what I wanted to do and so I continued that on when I came here to get my master's and then my PhD was also in fashion merchandising. And so I have just been into this industry and in- interested in everything to do with fashion and
1: apparel from a very young age. Wow, that's so interesting. Like I really love hearing stories about our ancestors influencing our future choices, right? So it's almost like the universe was conspiring for you to go down this path and bring us svaha. <laughs> that's
0: what I would like to believe. In fact, I quit Geek because I was not able to... uh, I kept feeling bad about not being able to spend enough time with my kids. Uh, I had started working when my daughter was four months old and I kept feeling guilty about not having spent enough time with her and going back to work. And so I decided that I was going to quit Geek, stay at home and be a stay at home mom. Uh, And I did that for six months. I had never, ever not worked in my life. And I couldn't do it. (laughs) And then, luckily for me, that's when my daughter developed an interest in astronomy. And she said, no, I want to be an astronaut. And I said, okay, I'll do something about it. And that's how the whole process began.
1: Wait, how old was she?
0: She was two. Oh, my God, that's so amazing. I have no, I cannot remember what caused her. I think I actually, you know what, I do remember I had this obsession of taking my kids to the air and space museum. We would go there almost every weekend. Mm-hmm. I guess living close to DC helps that we have two air and space museums around uh, us. Uh, so I would take them there and she would be so fascinated by the space shuttle over there. And that's what made her realize that she wanted to go in that space shuttle someday. And uh, and then she had her favorite stuffed toy, which was the monkey, the first monkey that went to space. And that's actually the Swaha oh. logo. I uh, love that. I love that story. Yeah. And and it, so somehow I think my daughter realized that I couldn't stay home and I could do something about her passion. And so i started
1: <laughs> <with her> company. <laughs> Mom, you're home for me. You're home you're here to foster my, you know, interests. <laughs> this is what you're here for. I love it. <laughs> So is she still as passionate about space as she was at two?
0: She still sleeps with the astronaut monkey every night. <laughs> she does not want to be an astro- astronaut anymore because she found out that they have to wear diapers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that answer. (laughs) No, mom, we have to wear diapers. I need to find another career path. (laughs) wow. Wow. But you know what I love, though, about this story? Because it's really, it's such a great case study for exposing kids to, you know, STEM and STEAM early on because then they can develop this interest and this passion at an early age where they can think about going into these kinds of industries and be an astronaut and change their mind if they want to, right? But it does yeah. come down to that exposure.
0: Yes, exactly. In fact, I have so many customers who now buy kids' clothing from uh, my from Saha and they always tell me that I feel so amazing to dress my kids in these clothes because every time they wear a the dress which has something steam related, it's like educating them about it. Mm-hmm. So th- there are so many example. I had a dress with pangolins on them, right? And my I I was when I actually read about it, I always knew them as aunt Teacher, Didn't use the word pangolin as much, but when I made the design and I showed it to my daughter to ask her what it was she immediately told me, oh, that's a pangolin, and I love pangolins, and I want one on my, I want to wear this dress. What? So I feel like... It's <laughs> I love your daughter. I just want to take her home. <laughs> it's, it's amazing as to how much knowledge they can get from it, and just the new terms that they can learn. that the, the dress almost becomes a source of education for them in some ways. And then also when they wear those dresses, and other people see them wearing it, they ask them about it.
1: So oh, yeah.
0: In, in so many ways, it just completely changes from which Disney character you like or which Disney princess you like to so what do you like about Tangledons, right? It's <laughs> such a huge
1: difference. <laughs> you know, it's so true because, you know, every time I do wear uh, anything of Swaha, people ask me, There, it's like a, a novelty, like, oh, my God, where did you get that? you know this is so cool and i love seeing that reaction because one i know you and i'm so you know proud of you but two just seeing how people light up because it's like yes you can put science on clothing and it's cool and it looks great you know i want to talk about the the you know the kickstarter because you know we all have an origin and and like i said in 2015 you were launching it. I remember we you and I chatted on the phone and you were nervous and you were like, you know, we did a Kickstarter and it didn't do well, so I'm nervous about this. Walk us through the process when you finally realized like this could be something and I want to go for it and try for funding.
0: The first Kickstarter that I launched, which is when we first spoke, was not successful. That's uh, that's the conversation I remember having with you. It did not it I I think it was was my goal and I couldn't get to it so I decided that I was going to just end it because I didn't want to go through I think on the last day I decided I was going to end it because I knew it was I was not going to meet the goal and just after that I had my Facebook page I had done uh, all of that work before the Kickstarter and right after I ended my campaign, the very next day, I suddenly noticed that my Facebook followers suddenly started going up and I was wondering what is going on, what happened after I've ended (laughs) the campaign. And then I started getting messages uh, to the Swaha Facebook page saying that we really want to buy these t-shirts, can you please uh, do another campaign or tell us where we can buy these. And then I tried to find out as to where did these people hear about me all of a sudden. And then I realized that Huffington Post had done an article about clothing brands to look out for who are doing some, uh, getting rid of gender stereotypes through their clothing. And they had included my Kickstarter campaign in that.
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah. So it was just so crazy that that would come out after I had ended my campaign. But that's what made me realize that there are people who want what I'm making. It's just that they didn't know about it because I hadn't spent thousands of dollars in marketing or advertising about it. So I decided that I was going to do it again. And that's when I did a little bit more of my homework in terms of reaching out to more press, trying to get more people to know that hey, it's coming and then I launched it a second time this was just again five kids t-shirts that's about it uh, and then I started it and this time we reached the goal we we made the uh, you know I think it was $25,000 again and it, it, we, we got there and uh, so I was able to use that money to produce whatever I had to ship to customers and more and then i was able to use the extra money then i after we started this uh, i started adding those dresses i mean the kids dresses and all of those things and then i had a lot of the parents start saying i am a scientist i want to wear this chemistry lab design dress myself i, I to match my daughter and also because i'm a scientist i'd love to wear this uh, and so we started getting all these requests from the parents who were buying our clothes And that's when we decided that, we were just not sure at that time as to how many people would want something like this. So we decided to do a a third Kickstarter campaign. And we just made five dresses, again, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, uh, a collection of five dresses. And we did a Kickstarter campaign. It got funded in two and a half days. Uh, And we ended up getting way more than what we had even asked for. And that is how the whole uh, adult clothing line started. And uh, from there on, it's just been uh, expanding in so many different ways. And uh, surprisingly enough, I really didn't ever have to invest any of my money. The business is uh, uh, self-funding. I'm able to uh, make money through selling and then invest it back into uh, Expanding the categories of products that we have,
1: I love this story so much because i I remember, I mean, you're taking me down memory lane. i just I remember like the beginning. and I remember, you know, and I think it's it's so inspiring for for the rest of us who who do have a dream, who do have an American dream or any kind of dream, who come, you know, with a backpack and decide, you know, I want to make my mark and I'm going to trust the process and I'm going to put myself out there. So kudos to you for doing that, Jaya. And, you know, I think this is a perfect segue to learn about today's pioneering woman in STE. And now it's time for today's pioneering women segment. Today's pioneering woman is Bari A. Williams. Bari is Vice President of Legal, Business, and Policy Affairs at All Turtles, a startup advisor in the tech industry, and published author in the New York Times, Wired, Fortune, and Fast Company. She is the former head of business operations management for North America at StubHub where she was responsible for business planning and operations to manage and oversee technical internal and external metrics, product innovation and partnerships. She was also responsible for driving P&L results across the company. Bari serves as an advisor to startups in the enterprise and e-commerce space. She successfully took on the passion project of creating and implementing Facebook's supplier diversity program launched in October, 2016. Thank you for your pioneering contributions, Bari Williams. Hey innovators, we are back with Jaya Iyer from Spaha Inc. We've been enjoying a fantastic conversation about STEAM-inspired apparel and her journey from India to US to claim her American dream. Jaya, it's been so amazing to go down this path with you again. You know, you are a mother of two children building an amazing clothing brand. You know, how do you create balance? Because I, I know it can't be easy, right?
0: It's not. In fact, the reason I had left my previous job was because my father, my uh, my, my uh, husband, is in consulting, which means he travels all the time. So he's gone from Monday to Thursday on uh, in most during most weeks, and of course it's different right now due to the pandemic. But that was his normal routine that he would be gone from Monday to Thursday, and also on Fridays he would be working all day, even if he was at home. So I was pretty much responsible for the kids if they needed to go to the doctor or do anything. I was the one who was responsible for all that. And it was just getting too stressful for me to manage my work uh, where I have to go in every day and then take care of them. Uh, So having my own business has definitely helped in some ways because I'm, the one who decides what my schedule is. Yeah. Uh, now my kids are in virtual school, and so they are at home, uh, and I'm able to work from home. I start working as soon as they start school, and I finish as soon as they finish. So I'm able to, and I take a break for lunch when they have lunch break. I have lunch with them, so I'm able to do it in in some ways. But yes, does that mean that I? Do, that's all I work? No, I'm available on my phone at any time if anybody in my office wants to call me and I'm working sometimes at 10 o'clock at night because that's when my factory in India opens and that's when they have questions uh I'm working on weekends sometimes uh that's those are the things of having your own business you, you're never <laughs> yeah it's never your day off <laughs> yeah but, true <laughs> but I'm working from home I'm able to manage it uh and I, I would rather have this flexibility that I'm my own boss, right? I don't have to uh, get permission from anyone to do, if I don't feel like working for an hour and take a nap, I could. <laughs> but so it's, it's uh, you know, it has its positives and negatives, but I love it. I don't, I, there's no time in my job when it feels like I, I don't want to do it. I love everything I do. So that's what makes it easier.
1: It definitely does make it easier when you have a passion and love for the work that you do. And, and it also it also sustains you, you know, through the challenging times in life, you know, like I imagine you must have gone through challenges launching Spaha. What were some of those challenges that you encountered? Because I, I mean, you have to now enter a saturated market really in terms of apparel, but you are a niche market. So that's probably also an opportunity for you, right?
0: Yes. So it yeah, definitely, unless you have something that to offer that nobody else does it, it definitely it, it makes it easier in some way because yes, there is no competition for you as such. Of course, there will always be somebody who will keep coming and, they will also try to do what you're doing. There'll be some other people who copy a couple of your designs, and it, those things just happen. And in, in apparel industry, it's very difficult to uh, pinpoint and say, "Hey, that's my design," because you can tiny make a tiny little change, and you know you can use it. There's really no copyright uh, involved as such. So, but the my uh, challenges were not necessarily so much of having a direct competitor. Uh, not so far, other than. Target launching a girls' line of space-themed T-shirts and things like that, but I don't think right now Target customers are the people who also shop from me. It's it's uh, I think it's a whole different uh, customer base. Uh, but we did have challenges, spe- especially this year, uh, because of COVID, of course, because my our factory shut down, there were no flights, and we had all those issues. But specifically, if you ask me, um, in the beginning, when we started the Kickstarter campaign, we actually started from the basement, uh, the, the warehouse was the basement of our house. So we didn't really have a warehouse and it was, we would uh, go to the airport every time a shipment came in, load our trunks of our cars, take two cars sometimes if we had a lot of things coming in, lift boxes, bring them in, you know, open the boxes, go to the post office with bags full of shipments and so we have done all (laughs) of that. Uh, to then eventually realizing that it's not sustainable to have your house completely uh, taken over by boxes. So we then had a warehouse and then as our SKU started expanding, it became very difficult. You would spend so much time just searching for products that when we got an order because there was just so many to pick from. So then in the last last year, we automated that system. We still have one warehouse. I have staff. Uh, who do all of the shipping uh, from the warehouse. Uh, And we have a small office set up there too. And the last year, uh, we also expanded. We doubled the size of the warehouse. So it's been, you know, there's always something from as simple as a bird getting into the warehouse and everyone freaked out to (laughs) landing up in Birmingham, United Kingdom instead of coming to Dallas uh, Airport. So we, there is a new excitement
1: every day, but you just have to figure out how to overcome it and move on. Yeah, you know, I it's so inspiring listening to all this because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Th- those things could happen, and you just don't think about all the things that could go wrong, just even in the shipping pro- process, you know. And so, you know, talking about overcoming things, you know. A few years ago, I remember you know receiving an email from you that just absolutely gutted me and you were like, you know my 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 son, my young son was diagnosed with leukemia and now we we begin this three year process. and I just remember being like, oh my God, invested in your journey and feeling devastated for you. Can you share, you know, what that journey has looked like for you? We're several years from there, about three or four years from that. Um, and I want to learn, you know, how you p- processed that, how you navigated that, and how is your son now?
0: So when my son was seven years old, uh, this was during summer vacation to 2017, um, he just was not well. And the took him to a doctor for just to see what's going on and then we got this news of uh, that the that he has leukemia and I obviously had no idea because I didn't know anyone before this who had leukemia and I didn't know what it would involve uh, and then from then on we found out that it's a three and a half years treatment and the first year is the worst because you're in and out of the hospital because the heavy doses of chemo that were given to him pretty much uh, wipe his counts out like you know he doesn't have any white blood cells in his body which causes him to pick up infections and so people are just in and out of the hospital uh, it was really rough on our family because my daughter at that time was only five and uh, luckily uh, my mother was able to uh, come and stay with us Because we were in the hospital so many nights that my daughter had to be with someone. And so my mother would uh, be at home with her. Uh, During this time, my business was only two years old. Not even two, like barely two years old. So yeah, and this was exactly at the time when we realized that we had to move into a warehouse. Because we were not able to manage in the basement of our house. And so I had to while he was and I and I had to be so careful because all of us had gotten into the lockdown But because none of us wanted to be exposed to any infection that we would bring back and give to my son Which would mean another hospitalization So it was so difficult, but I decided to make this one trip to find I uh, find a warehouse and sign the lease And then I had hired help to move everything over there So I was able to, luckily by then I had um, employees, so they were able to manage it, and I was on the phone the whole time managing. In fact, the day my son got diagnosed from the pediatrician's office, we were told to take him to the ER, and I was supposed to that afternoon go and pick up a shipment from the airport, so while I'm driving from the pediatrician's office to the ER, I call my staff to tell them, hey, I'm not going to be able to go pick up the shipment. Can you go pick up the shipment? And, you know, so somehow from the day one, I was managing my, and my husband was out of the country. He was in India the day this happened. So it was just me and my two kids. My mother wasn't here. And I'm, I have this shipment coming, and not that that was my big concern at that time, but I'm on the phone booking tickets for my, my, my mother to come here, calling my partner to try and, uh, you know, go pick up the shipment and dragging my kids to the ER. So I, it, it was initially very, very shocking to deal with this new reality of our life. But I, because it was my business, I told everyone, listen, I'm going to do all the work and make sure everything happens, but you won't see me anymore for, for at least the next few months. And But while I was in the hospital with him, I used to spend the whole day in the hospital with him. My husband would spend the nights there so that I could go come home and see my daughter. And I would be on the phone doing all my work. And I sometimes feel that my, my business actually kept me sane in so many ways because I had something that took my mind off the difficult situation that we were in so in some ways it was a blessing for me to have my my business be my I, my, I call my business my therapist
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs>
0: because it takes my mind away from all the other issues that I have uh, I might be having and just it was it was rough one year because my son had to be also homeschooled. He couldn't go to school, so I was doing that—managing him, managing his schooling, and managing my business, and managing my daughter, who, poor thing, didn't know what was going on. That was completely changing her life upside down. Uh, but you know, it's been long—three and a half years—and I'm happy to say that next week is his last week on treatment, and he'll be done. I'm like crying. <laughs> This is such a beautiful story,
1: you know, yeah. and, and just I, I've the, always
0: believed in what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So <laughs> it's funny, you know, when people were all complaining about the lockdown, how they were getting so fed up of sitting at home and all I told them is welcome to our life. This is how we have been for the past three years. So I can't ch- complain about it at all. And my family adapted to the whole lockdown so easily because we have just done it so many times before. Yeah, you know?
1: I can Sometimes imagine. Sometimes life
0: prepares you for these situations.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I just you know, as you were sharing your story, and you know, all I could hear in my head was resilience. You know, like this is what resilience looks like, and resilience is what carries us through. You know, it a lot. This is what are the building blocks for success in whatever you do. You know, you were able to continue to build this 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 empire that you've built that you've worked so hard for to navigate, you know, managing your family and, you know, supporting your son through a, a potentially life-threatening illness and I imagine you had to take moments for yourself to refuel i remember
0: yeah
1: i remember (laughs) remember like talking with you i remember talking with you during that because um you know we were launching a dc around uh, in 2018 and so you were still new in this and i remember you and and this is this is what speaks to your character and your resilience jaya is that you were like i want to support I have to see how my son's doing because he's in and out of the hospital. But if I can be there, I'll be there. And I just thought that that was one of the most amazing things because I knew what you were going through, and I just wanted to support you, and you wanted to support us, and you made it there. Um, and then now listening to, I feel guilty now because like now listening to the reality of what your life was at that time, I'm like, wow, how did? You- how did you show up for me, you know, during that time? So I just want to say thank you, you know, for that. I, In retrospect, I think it was just such a beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: No, I mean, that was really, really kind of you, actually, to, to you know, give us the exposure we got uh, with that event. Uh, I, I, I don't know anyone else who would do something like this. So I'm thankful to you for for getting us started. And after that, we did go to a few other events and your event actually prepared us. Uh, We we had no idea how to ever participate in an event. So I'll always be thankful to you for that.
1: Oh, thank you, Jaya. So, you know, you've come here to capture the American dream. And do you feel you've captured that? And what's next for you?
0: I definitely feel very, very lucky and uh, blessed to be in the situation that I am. Uh, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. I know it, it's been hard work uh, from living in a studio apartment and walking down a mile to get groceries because I didn't have a car or a cell phone or anything else to, to being in the situation of running a business, having employees that I can help. Uh, in so many different ways, you know, being able to pay people so that they can live their lives. I feel, I, I feel very uh, grateful to have that uh, uh, opportunity to be able to do something like that. And um, I, I just want this company to grow and uh, to to make more people feel happy about wearing Swaha clothes. I. I don't know if you are familiar with this, but we actually have a Swaha buy, sell, trade page, which is used Swaha clothing. And it it's a small group. It's about 1,500 people. But they I end up talking to these people all the time. I'm a part of that group because I want to see what people are doing. <laughs> I love clothing. it. And, and I encourage them because I'm all about sustainability, right? So if people are not throwing the clothes in uh, away and they're actually selling it, somebody else is reusing it, I would love to encourage something like that. And I end up having so many conversations with people on that group and they love that they're able to talk to me because they love uh, my company so much that I'm amazed at the amount of love my company and I receive from this group of people that it just makes me feel so good about doing what I do. No, it's really
1: true. It's really true because, uh, I remember our first uh, conference here in Long Beach, one of our, one of my speakers who is also a professor at Cal State Long Beach. Um, she is a scientist and she absolutely loved your dresses and, and is now one of your customers but I remember she was gushing because she she actually won so she won one of the dresses and so she loved it so much she was like begging for another and I told her you know where to get it she's like oh my god I love it years later she st- she still thanked me she's like I'm so glad I discovered them I tell my students and I tell people about it all the time and the greatest part is it has pockets <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I have people telling me that you have spoiled us. Now we can't wear clothes without
1: pockets. <laughs> I will have to say that's true. So I read that you when you retire, you want to be a chef, dancer, and an artist. Not or, either, but and. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you've already like booked yourself to be all the things, right Jaya? Like, I was like, okay, like she's, she's really gonna go yeah, out I- in a, a magnificent way. <laughs>
0: Indian classical dance for 15 years of my life, okay, and I, when I am on, I have given numerous performances when I was a student in India and even in in my universities over here, I feel I'm in a different world when I'm on a stage performing, so I completely terribly miss that uh, so much that I always tell my husband that, you know, I'm going to book a dance class for you and I we both will go dancing and that's what I want to do when I don't have the responsibility of taking care of my kids and my business and you know maybe someday my kids will look after my business and then I can retire and do all those things. I do still do craft art, I do a lot of drawing and um, I do that even now if I'm you know, feeling a little stressed about anything I'll take a book and a you know, I'll take a notepad and a pencil and I'll sketch faces or I'll sketch, do mandala art. I have a I have three books that I finished over the summer of just my art. So I, I, I love that. I just love anything creative. Aww. That's why I love my job so much because I can be creative every day in different ways.
1: I absolutely love you. I think you're just the bee's knees. You know, this show is about you know, vulnerability, it's about leadership, it's about sharing, you know, stories. And so we ask all of our guests to share something with us that they've never shared with anyone before. So I'd love you to share something with us that you've never shared with anyone. (laughs)
0: Oh, <laughs> you put me on spot I really have to give a, take a minute to think. You know, it's funny. That just a few days ago, I was thinking about this. You know that there is this one thing that I did. I've never ever told anyone, and now I'm thinking about it. I just can't. Okay, here's something. I I don't think I have ever mentioned this in any interview before, uh, but. It shows my vulnerability and my creative talent, so I think I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sometimes I'm a little embarrassed by it, but I think it's okay. I had cavities in my teeth when I was in University of Georgia, and I didn't have dental insurance. I needed the money to fix my cavities, and so I didn't know what to do because as a student, as an international student, you're not allowed to work off campus. So you have to only earn money on campus if that's the legal way to do it. So I decided to teach Indian cooking Uh, and I signed up for the community program. Uh, They have a community outreach program on campus where you can apply to teach things and I told everyone I can teach Indian cooking and I signed up and I had a class full of students who wanted to learn Indian cooking including my professor.
1: Oh wow! And
0: and I decided that okay but funnily enough I was not I mean I was not so much into cooking at that time. So I would pick up pull out recipes. I did enjoy eating good food because my mother is an amazing cook. So I would pick up recipes, go grocery shopping and practice recipes and then go and teach the students. And they all loved my food. I think that's what made me interested in cooking. And now every day, every once every week, I cook something that I've never cooked before with my kids. Uh, And to finish the previous story, I did
1: earn enough money so I could get my dental treatment. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. So you were enterprising, like, early on. I love this. I love all the stories, Jaya. (laughs) So looking back through all of this, you know, you've shared so much with us. Thank you so much for that. Um, Knowing what you know about your journey, would you take the easy road? or the road less traveled, and why?
0: Not at all. I don't think I would ever take the uh, easy way because I feel like everything that happened in my life me for what I'm able to do right now. I feel like if I had, if I had rich parents who had paid for my education and sent me to the U.S. to study without working, I would uh, never have known what it is to have a bit of a difficult life because I was a student and half my, I, I know I, I got $900 a month out of which $500 was my rent. So I lived the whole um, month in $400. I didn't have a car and a phone so I had to either depend on someone taking me grocery shopping or I had to depend, I had to walk a mile to go gros- pick up groceries. So I have, you know, I have been this poor graduate student. There was time when I worked 30 hours a week while being a full-time student because I had I needed to earn the money to pay from pay my fees, and so I have I have lived through all of this, and because of that, now although I am financially uh, much more secure, having a sick son at home made, was a very very difficult time for us. It was mentally, physically, emotionally exhausting, but I feel that. It just made me such a tough person having gone through, you know, all the different uh, difficult times that I have in my life that I, nothing really scares me anymore. I feel that if I have a difficult situation, I'm not going to panic about it. I just have to stay peaceful, think about a solution and get to it. And that's something that is very important for a leader to have, to be able to manage the people that work for you or a business that's going to throw you a new difficult situation every day. And you just have to learn how to deal with it, laugh at it and move on. (laughs) So I feel like this, everything that has happened in my life has prepared me to, to, to be able to be successful in what I'm doing right now. So there's no ways I would take the easy path.
1: I, I just love it. I mean, stay peaceful and, and, and move forward. I love that. Jaya, thank you so much for being here. I mean, you've really just re-inspired me a- a- again. And I am just so much in awe of you. Congratulations on everything. You deserve it. You really deserve it all. And I'm so excited to share your story with our listeners. Thank you for being here.
0: Thank you so much. It's wonderful catching up again,
1: too. Yes, Thank you so much for being here, at innovators. We'll see you next week when we take on the world one more time.